you. Yeah, the throat's better today. By now. About to witness the awesome crushing might uh, of the Eugene S. Robinson show kids sleeping stop welcome my friends to a show that seemingly never ends. Get back into the swing of things. Broskets. This is version number a two, a two, a three of the Eugene S. Robinson Show Stomper. I am your host, Eugene S. Robinson. Pulled in number one this week on Care Don't Care, which is a glorious thing. I mean, I'm guessing John was also number one, but we know there's really no tie when it's first place. Now that I'm dialed in after the Bunuel tour, focused, drilled, paid attention, ironclad locks, steel cold picks, stone cold picks, and now two, two, three. First, let Bob Riley sing us in, as he has every single week since 2007, with the exception of the Boonwell weeks, which I took off. Stigmata, intro, all of nothing, from the record Calling of the Just, still available from Revelation Records in Huntington Beach, California, where they shoot you to death in a nightclub, hit your car with a hammer, and run your mayor pro tem out of town. Listen, listen well. Could not see too clear, but I'm taking a real good look at you. I'm taking a real good look at your face. So being paid back in full, always nothing. Ah, you know what I I've noted with consternation after 12 years of being at the Sarau Academy, some of those weeks of those years training nine times a week, seven times a week since the shutdown ended, never using headgear, I noticed there's a slight deformation in my ear. To some people, this would be a mark of of joy. It's different from that one. I don't like it. I massage my ears after I train. And I would rather the fact that I'm almost a jiu-jitsu black belt, I would rather let that just sit in my back pocket along with my pistol. In any case, this is version a two, a two, a three of the Eugene S. Robinson Show Stomper. And we got a lot to talk about. So let's get to the commercials. The commercials are uh, Pinko, P-I-N-K-O, 95014 at yahoo.com if you want to PayPal. Or if you want to go through Cash App, it's Eugene-Robinson-28. That's it. Or uh, I think Venmo is uh, Planet Oxbow. Uh, or the old-fashioned way, I've given the mailing address out. Again, 
Tommy Pounds used to be the only one who sent stuff the old-fashioned way. I don't think he listens to the show anymore. I hope he's okay if he does. Uh, haven't heard from him in a while. But, you know, Louisiana, you know, gets struck by lightning, eaten by an alligator. Who knows? I should check on dude. Um, are there other ways to pay? Sure. Patreon.com slash the stomper. That's another way to pay. You just put the card there. You don't have to think about it. So those are the commercials insofar as I know. I think I covered everything. Oh, I want to thank Mr. RG. Mr. RG, on the occasion of uh, last night's fights, was feeling especially expansive, dropped a a, a cool 75 on the show. Thank you, sir. Thank you for that. That is cool. That is cool. If you you, um, read the sub stack today that was done earlier, I mean, I'm having stuff. Listen, I, 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 you know, I'm not one to shy away from. I'm not complaining. I'm just noting. Because that allows me to shoulder my burdens without complaining, but I can note what they might be. Um, so we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna talk about that. But you see, I'm no longer hoarse. So that's kind of a good positive thing. You don't you what you don't know is that the, uh, the kid and the wife had COVID uh, um, last week. And of course, because of my extreme advanced age and right before the Bunuel tour, I went and got the second booster. So in addition to walking around the house, um, mask and sleeping mask in a room other than them, you know, distancing in house, I've managed to not get it, tested myself and uh, don't have it. And they are now over it. So um, no mask, you know, it's fine. But uh, going into this week, I figured my problem, somebody once said about a, a certain quality of genius, and I think there was some clearly like some multimillionaire, some billion, like this is war, a Warren Buffett type shit. Warren Buffett ended up saying some stuff like, it's not what you say, uh, it's not what, the key to succeeding is not what you say yes to, it's at a certain point you start saying no to stuff. And I go, of course he can say that, because he's a fucking multi-billionaire, go fuck yourself Warren Buffett, I gotta say yes to everything. And the thing that I said yes to most recently, which I may have intimated, or have maybe actually said that I've done, was to agree to do... Uh, a memoir and let's go i'm going to give you a little bit of I, I didn't like the idea of doing a memoir because i think if you do a memoir you should tell the truth and as we know truth in addition to pride sometimes hurts right that's why those of us who write fiction write fiction because it's fiction it's made up but if you're writing a memoir well then it's purportedly it's supposed to be truth now adam parfrey who was the son of famed uh, uh, character actor Woody Parfrey, uh, he started a company with this guy, Stuart Sweezy. Remember these names. Stuart Sweezy was the cat who started the Desert Concerts, which fundamentally became Burning Man. Not going to hold that against Stuart Sweezy. Stuart Sweezy got out before it got weird. Um, as evidenced by the fact that some guy hit me up in the 90s about participating, and I said, that sounds creepy, and I'm not interested. And I've maintained my attitude, of course, given that the wife is part of the pole community and lots of those women who are in the pole community go to uh, 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 Burning Man. I've had to moderate my stance publicly, but the reality of it is I still think it's fucking jive. And now I discover that, of course, those women who were there get paid to be there. Oh, you know, so this whole idea of being, you know, it's fundamentally a dating service for CEOs or chief executive, C-suite level people who didn't take LSD in college and, and stumbled into it too late and are trying to do, make some, 
Look, whatever. God love you. That's your business. I still think it sucks and I'm not participating. But Stuart Sweezy and and this guy, Adam Parfrey, started this this deal called, and I can't remember, um, not, not, um, oh my God, it had a great name, but it was all kind of, and they did apocalypse culture and then they broke off and Stuart Sweezy did his thing and, and Adam Parfrey started this thing called Feral House. And um, he had some small measure of, I don't even want to say guilt, that's the wrong word, but um he, I was initially slated to do to re to reissue the Satanic Bible via LaVey. He said, I like the way you work. You seem trustworthy. You got your shit together. I want, how about this? You reissue. And we, so I was going to do that, reissue the uh, Satanic Bible since it had fallen out with Avon, fallen out of contract with Avon. And I was going to release the, 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 you know, some other stuff that he wanted. I'm not a Satanist, but I appreciate the value of a dollar. And so it took me to dinner, stiffed me for the dinner at the same time, told me I was approached by some people from L.A. I'm going to go with them instead, because, of course, they had upfront money, which I did not have. I understood later. I figured out pretty quickly based on who put it out that it was these guys. But these guys have stayed family. I've written the intro for uh, for the for a couple of books they've done, the most recent one being on Screaming Jay Hawkins. And they've been after me for years to sort of write a book, except they have a proviso. And the proviso is that the book must be a nonfiction. They don't do fuck that art stuff, nonfiction. And so I was, uh, and they've been after me for a long time to do a memoir. And I was like, ah, nobody gives a shit about my story. Who cares? Besides which, it's going to be hard for me to tell a story. It's hard for me to get a job with all these the internet anyway. Telling me, I, I want to be truthful, but I can't. Plus, I got kids. They don't need to be reading about all my, you know. And so this went years. Years, literally 15 years. Now my kids are in like mid-20s, right? My older ones, not the one who's having a birthday today, but the older ones. And so, you know, they've come maybe to come to certain conclusions about who their father is and how he rolls insofar as they might be interested. That wouldn't be upset by a book, you know? So I'm like, ah, you know, and uh, okay, let's let, let, let's talk about it. And then they came up with a plan. They go, you don't have to get into all that stuff. We're not interested in, the, in that stuff. I said, so you, you, you're not interested in the orgies? They go, well, you know, I got to go, what about the sex for pay? You know, what? No, no, we don't want to do any of that stuff. Oh, okay. Well, what about, <laughs> no, just cover your story up to like where you start Oxbow is interesting enough. Just do that. And I was like, cool. The contract shows up. It's not for much. I don't mind disclosing. It's two grand, $2,000. Let me tell you, in the old days, like at GQ, I got paid $2,000 for an article that was less than 2,000 words, meaning I got more than a, a dollar word. So $2,000 is not a lot. A thousand before and a thousand to deliver, you know, but that's not the point. The point is that they really pour their heart and soul into, into getting people to read your book. By point of comparison, HarperCollins gave me 20 grand to write the fight book. The catch the catch was all of the travel I had to do and all of the photographs for the book that I had to pay for had to come out of that 20. It wasn't like I could spend that on hookers and blow. I could, but I'd have no photos in the book. So, um, so I finally agreed, signed the contract, and then they hit you with the deal, which was in the contract if you read the teeny tiny print, which was, we need 60 pages by Friday. Friday. Oh, you mean Friday that day I'm doing my my second stand-up comedy bit out in Livermore? That Friday? Yes. Uh, okay. Sure. Whatever. Yes. 
a thousand ways to say yes. Of course, I got the Substack and I got the show to do. Uh, you know, uh, so but whatever. I'm not complaining. I'm noting. You know, if you want to be a weak, tit, boring, go and do that. Not me. All it is is a function of sleep. You ever you ever exist for more than a few days on three hours of sleep? I have. You know the best thing about that? How interesting your ideas become. Hmm. I've just pumped a full tank of gas. Maybe I wouldn't have to pay for this gas if I burned down the gas station. Interesting. <laughs> this is what happens to your thought process. You got to sleep or you die. Don't worry about that. There'll be plenty of time to sleep. So that's how I got to. That's how I got to the show. My voice is better. Uh, uh, Bunuel is playing the Applicasome Festival in 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 Porto in October. So uh, I've given myself until August 12th to start the same regime that had me be in fine fighting fiddle for the for the. It was weird and eerie. I'd be drenched in sweat. Turn around to the audience, but my basal, my resting rate was completely. So in other words, I'd be drenched in sweat, but I turn around and I could speak to the audience like this. I wasn't huffing and puffing, which has a weird dissonance for people. Like they see you putting out all this energy on the stage and then you turn around and you are cold. That's why if you follow me on the Twitter machine, I put out that thing about Johnny Cool. <laughs> That's it. He's a killing machine. So I don't start that again until August 12th with the lifting, the kettlebells, the back of the car, the sprinting, and all that stuff. What I discovered from the shows is that the only part that wasn't in fine fighting fiddle is this, this motion. Singing. the boom. So the core. So I got to do more sit-ups uh and uh, maybe more planks or something to work on on that core and each of those shows where i was fighting somebody like some guy so shows up from the sarau academy and i miss jujitsu so much i just attack and so we start pommeling 20 seconds in i'm dead tired and i go this is impossible i've been training two hours a day seven days a week now for how am i tired and i go oh we never start standing up on your knees or on your ass or in my case i just lay down you know the eye guard I'm the best bottom mount in the business and I know it. And they've had to tell people finally, if you are a if you are anywhere below a brown belt, do not mount Eugene Robinson. He's laying down because he's waiting for you to mount him so he can reverse you, pass your guard and then begin sticking his chin in your eye socket. Do not do this. Do you know how many times I had to tell people today, do not mount me? 3 how many of those people who I told do not mount me did I subsequently tap? Three. I told them, didn't Marty tell you not to mount me? They said yes. Good. I'm glad you see how this connects. They said yes. They did it anyway. And they got rolled. Flip flopped and alley ooped. So, 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 uh, so I got, I got work to do, but right now I'm into, I'm enjoying what seems to be a vacation. And I have to tell you, since this is the seat that I work from, it's a blessing to be seated here next week on Wong duty. I think I finally have my, my, mic uh, uh, patent piece, which I'm really excited about. And the week after, if my sister can pull it off, uh, she will have successfully done Vernon Reed into turn, you know, to finish in the interview for me. So that's it. I got a haircut coming on Wednesday. 
because, uh, you know, because I got a show on Friday. The question is, do I let the gray come back? Because I dyed it black for the shows, but now the black instantaneously turned brown uh, uh, because I put the chemicals in it. So I, I don't mind the gray. I'm not trying to fool anybody. I'm going to get the cut that I usually get. But the question is, do I dye it or do I leave it, leave it, leave it, uh, uh, what? And, and leave it gray? And the funny thing is, the guy who booked the show, he was asking me about the last stand-up comedy thing I did. And I told him, and I could feel him get inc- uncomfortable, which made me laugh. You understand, some people do stand-up comedy to make the audience laugh. I do stand-up comedy to make me laugh. And the fact that he was uncomfortable with me talking about, <laughs> I'm not going to repeat it. Uh, someday I'll put it up called Riots. If, if somebody find it. You go, it, it was produced by Tony and Delilah, or Tony and Lila. It's called Riots in Egypt. And uh, a buddy of mine put it together, and it was based on uh, uh, our, our, the, the, the content, the lines came from our text. So, um, and, you know, we, it's very politically, <laughs> anyway, so that's what's happening this week. But the fights, ah, you know what, what did we say? What did we say for those of you who remember? What did we say as recently as December? Try to remember a time in December when Juliana Pena and, and Amanda Nunes first met. Now, I got into a big argument. Those of you listening to Care Don't Care, we'll get this show tomorrow at noon. or I will retweet it out. You can listen to it. And I don't know what they're going to edit in and out, but there was a big argument that ensued. And the argument that ensued was like, Eugene, you're crazy. You're out of your mind. You were wrong. This is Matt Sarah, GSP. This is the, so you're saying all of these were works? I'm not saying all of these. I'm not saying all of these. And keep in mind, when I say, you, you know, you need to put the veil of laughter between me and the real world using conspiracy. Keep in mind, because they, they typically will always say, how would that many people, there's no that many people. There's no if you if you listen to Michael Francisi, if you look at listen to Michael Francisi when he would talk about fixing college basketball games, you don't fix the whole five guys on the team because you don't need to fix the whole five guys on the team. Right? You don't need that. And there are lots of ways to throw a fight. There are lots of ways to throw a fight. If I don't train for a fight and I drink every day up to the fight, and then I go into the fight and I gas and then get beaten up. Everybody will say, you bum, you gassed, and you got beaten up. Hmm. Steph argued most vociferously against this. And she did. She decided to go to the numbers and said, everybody thought that Cyborg was going to murder Nunes. Surely, and do you say but the fact that Cyborg didn't win, that was that also? A, let's look at the Delta. And we actually did. And, and, and it was discovered that the distance between the odds distance between Cyborg and Nunes was insignificant when compared to Nunes and 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 Pena in December. You have to understand there's that meme going around that some people are here for the love of the sport, and then the guy says, Well, he uses a fringe from uh Better Call Saul, uh John Carlo Esposito, and, and he says, Some people are here for the love of the sport, and the second frame says, I'm here because I'm addicted to drugs and gambling. Do not, I'm not just talking about MMA. 
the world of degenerate gamblers it, it rings around every sport from from instant replay to judges decisions to how they're going to ref fights because you can't be given money back changes have to be incontrovertible because the money's not changing hands both ways when some count they, you know you know what people don't bet a lot on figure skating not a lot of not a, not a lot of touts at figure skating matches you know you know what else people don't really bet on even though let me say this right now because i know it to be true you can bet on everything as long you can get action on anything as long as you got somebody sitting opposite from you who's saying that's wrong and i got the money to put where my mouth is tour de france anybody betting on that yeah i know they take action on tour de france but the reality of it is you know <laughs> that's a fool that's a fool's game because it gets you know the first three competitors get knocked out because of drugs what do you do who do you give the money to they don't care because they don't give the money to anybody at that point read the small print it's a numbers game numbers game so the distance between peña and, and nunez in 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 December made this and there were a lot of things that happened post facto as well. She left her team and the reasons for leaving her team were sound. Don't bring Kelly Harrison in here because she's in my division fight and we can't, we can't both be training in the same play. There are lots of reasons move of locale present, but you can't tell me what we get down to is something that could never be proven at all if you minimize the number of contacts, and that's intentionality. So, okay, the things we're in agreement on. In December, Juliana Pena beat Amanda Nunes. How complicit Amanda Nunes was in that, in that beating leaves things open to question. And now keep in mind, too, keep in mind how Pena ultimately won, right? When you when you are angling for a fix, when you were ang- when you were angling for a fix, you do not leave it to the judges because you don't know what they're gonna do. If you want to deliver on your promise, I'm going down, you tap. You tap. Um, so now I, I JB, I'm not going for this. Look at look at look at the, the distance between. And and it was even like it even seemed like Nunez was in on the joke. And I go, okay, look, maybe this was a legitimate uh uh maybe this was a legitimate match. Like uh, like uh, 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 Hamlet said, if they but blench, we know our course. What happened with this fight? Because you got to understand how fighters work. You got to understand the argument that was either made to Amanda Nunes or that Amanda Nunes made to herself. And I'm not saying somebody threw the fight for free. If you only took your purse and put it on the other fighter, with the with the odds the way they are, you would have cleaned up. That's what a lot of people said. That's what Steph said. That that Amanda was she's fighting with her team. She just had the baby. She's gonna just get married. She's did this thing. She's struggling, and she was she's always been ambivalent about fighting anyway. So she just didn't show up. Fine. Fine. Kibono. Who benefits from her not showing up? 
I'm not saying that she was involved in not showing up. She clearly did not show up. But who would benefit from that outside of everybody who put money on Pena? Which, admittedly, based on the odds, was not a popular choice to make in December. So I figured, okay, the argument that's made to her or that she makes to herself is, I'm a champion. Nothing can change the fact that I'm a champion. I'm not a, I'm a champion. I don't trust these champions that have unblemished zero records, except with the exception of Johnny Boney Joni, who he himself even has a one loss. Okay. Yeah. The, to the deaf guy, but that wasn't legit. What? Okay. Whatever. Yeah. Co- yeah. COVID was in when it was on the table of excuses and the more excuses offered by the more people, I start to think, oh, maybe this is a collective fix, but it doesn't have to be. All she has to explain to herself is that you're a champion. You'll be as much a champion tomorrow as you are today. Moreover, there are benefits. You will be the first champion to be a double champion twice. You will be able to focus on get your gym together, start your new team. And I'm going to bury the lead here. The amount of money we will throw your way for consideration against future events untold there's a possibility it could have been 10 mil who knows but everybody was saying i don't know what happened i don't know what happened she didn't look like her she didn't look like her fine if they but blench we know our course they come out makes the weight you know yeah exactly um (laughs) so so okay the question is, where's P- Pena stand? Where does she stand? Well, if you're Pena, you can, you're not you're not immune to this. You listen to this as well, and you go, hmm. She was uncharacteristically not herself. Okay, you know what? Maybe there's a possibility, but this is where you fucked up. I'm going to sunny list in you. You're never getting a sniff on this belt again. Yeah, okay. I just maybe, okay. Maybe you were dogging it a bit. Maybe you took something in the envelope on the cuff. I got, maybe, you know what? I'm going to use that seven months, eight months between this fight. I'm going to surprise you. I'm going to do Aljamain Sterling. I'm going to do Eugene versus Crappenzano with a trig test. I'm going to make up for that lost ground in the last eight months and surprise the fuck out of you. Yeah, maybe. I'm going to pull a Volkanovsky. Maybe that first one was close. Yeah, the second and the third won't be. And I have to tell you, the second was so definitive that there should be no third. Fight your way back up. What can I tell you? And... I'm not basing this on anything except having seen Pena fight. I didn't see any holes in Nunez's game until Nunez had that December fight where nobody could figure out what was wrong. I just can't figure out what was wrong. Can't. For those of you listening on SoundCloud, I am now mimicking uh, counting dollars by licking your, your tongue as you count the dollars. I can't figure out what's wrong. Hey, listen, you know, if she's retiring, you got this woman, Sydney. Who's this woman on TV? This the blonde chick, Sydney Sweeney, Symphony Symphony Sydney, whatever. Who's like, I got a six month cushion, and she's on a hit show. 
Remember my Jaiman Hunsu story where I was like, oh, he must be in a live night. He lives here in Beverly Hills. He must have a nice dig to get in journalists who interviewed him. was like, yeah, I just went to his house. It's a condo down the street. There's a man who's living right. Six months buffer. Well, which is better than the average American. So you consider yourself lucky. Let's ask Sharon Stone how she's doing these days. You know, the math is real simple for somebody like Nunes. 10 mil? The place you get screwed is when you end up like a Liston and they don't give you your shot back. Or you end up like a a Jan where the dude says, "Uh uh-huh, okay, I've been given a lot. Uh, God has smiled on me today. I'm going to put this to some good use. So Pena doesn't have to know, but Pena has to know. So she comes in, I'm going to be the best Pena because I know the odds, the odds going in, the odds told the story. Going into this fight, they were closer. Clearly not at all like in December, but she was still an underdog to to, to news. She was going to shock the world. And you know when I knew she had lost? When I saw her daughter at the weigh-ins. <laughs> That's when I knew. I was like, oh. and of course, there's always a possibility. Tashera has set, Tashera has set a new standard. You know, that 30-second, you know, defeat from the jaws of victory. So I was gripping until the end of this fight. But I was glad to see Nunes Nunes, uh, address this. She did a Julio Cesar Chavez. I didn't want to finish her. I wanted to show that I was better than her in every single regard, which would explain why she let her, her, her rocker hips to the side. Keep in mind, if I'm in somebody's guard and they start to get space by moving their hips, I follow. I'm close. Cop car close. Hmm. And if I'm letting anybody bend their torso to create space around that hip, I'm only doing it when their head is jammed into the mat, into the corner. I mean, I kept going, what is she doing? Why is she, she's like putting her arm on the mat so she could, and then doing this three-quarter turn every time she they go for an arm bar or a triangle. I go, oh, she's sending a message. Julio Cesar Chavez against Thomas Hagen. It's that all over again. Oh, he only fought Tijuana cab drivers. I guess it must have been pretty tough cab drivers. No, the kid's still awake. So she hasn't got the opera nap yet. Which means the wife will tap out trying to put her to sleep and the birthday party will start. So let's get cracking. We've got 30 more minutes. So, you know, I'm going to, I'm going <laughs> to, he ain't pretty no more, Raging Bull style. You're going to get punished from opening bell to closing bell. I'm going to shut down any idea that you ever had from December to now that you were worthy of what I gave you in December. There was nothing, there was nothing, no chill factor in Nunez's eyes that said this was going to happen any differently. Everybody's talking about how tough Pena is. Yeah, that's usually what they say when you get your ass kicked and your head split open. There's no quitting that girl. Yeah, I guess she could have turned it off. We know lots of fighters who would have turned it off by that, which is why it made, made it more delicious. Because it, it was a feedback loop that completely justified itself in front of in Nunez's eyes again and again and again. You want uh, how, how many times did I put you down? Oh, you still think you got a chance? Even beyond the third <clears throat> third round, the temptation would have been to coast. I got it. 
Well, not if you know that you're going to let it go to the judge's decision. And those judges' scores, I've never heard scores like that. Never, ever. Maybe if back in the days of Fred Eddish, maybe that would have been something a score that you had heard. Never, ever. So, so where, 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 where is Pena now? I think Pena realizes, you know, you got to give everybody, you know, you, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that JB. You don't want to give somebody an emotional basis for being it to fucking your ass up. And I have to tell you, I, I guarantee you that was part of the equation what JB is suggesting. For those of you on SoundCloud, he's just saying, well, yeah, Pena woofing about being a real mom because she actually gave birth to the kid. Yeah, you want to play that game? All right, good. Let's play that game. This is a serious sport. This is a serious sport. People can get hurt. People have died doing this. People have died in football games too, but you know what I mean. Now, there was a message being sent. And if you're not completely adult and if you're a Pena, you understand that message. You're not asking for shit now. You're woodshedding. You're like Clint Eastwood and a few dollars more. You've limped out to that far, far flung uh, farmhouse where you're going to work yourself back into fighting shape, build a metal chest plate and try it again. But I need to tell you something. Much like me training with Sorrell, I or somebody was once one of my initial coaches, maybe it was Sorrell, who said, you have no chance. I, I've actually told, told that to people. I said, I'm sure you think because you have two legs and two arms and that were, we're both humans, that at some point on a long enough timeline, you would have a chance. And I need to tell you, you have none. At this point, none. I meet somebody who trains jujitsu, and they say, "I said, man, days you train." They go, "I'm, I'm going. I'm trying to get in there two or three days. No chance." Guy tells me he's training seven days a week. He's got a chance. Also, the possibility that he's one of those phenoms, those guys who I remember when they started as white belts and are now sniffing around brown belt in in like three years. Those guys, those guys got a pretty good chance. Why? Everybody's jujitsu journey is different. Ah, it hurts. Everybody, and this is the year I got the bo- bashed in with the bottle, right? So the hole is naturally smaller anyway. I should just Vincent Van Gogh this side. I mean, Pena, you know, uh, you know, I, I guess that was the most gentle way to get that message. Really, the most, and I mean that in, in all honesty. Because if he had submitted her the second round, you go, well, I got a bet. No, this is a message that the the desire was to deliver this message in as incontrovertible way as possible. Never. You will never. Never, ever, ever exceed me here. Now, if you're not a sorehead like a Kai Kara France, you go, hmm. You know what? Executive gatekeeper is not a bad place to be. It's like being in the phantom toll booth with a very low number. You don't know. The groundwork could change somehow, and then suddenly you're out in the front, and you might be wearing the belt. You think Glover Teixeira expected to be wearing that belt? Didn't. Still in the conversation. He could say, oh, I'm okay being an executive gatekeeper. Still in the conversation. The rematch is against the guy, you know, the guy who has the belt. Phantom toll booth, number one. 
<laughs> yeah, and, and, and Moreno, and, but he remember he went through that prick period where he was like not shouldering his burden without complaint, and and he completely. I mean, this is a man of insight. He completely, and they said, where, where, where's, where's uh, Davy Figs? Where's Figueroa? He's here. Come on in. And it could have been some WWE shit. He goes, look, this guy's got a family. I got a family. I got to set an example. In other words, I know that you need a monkey show out here, but I know when we get in the cage, the most important person in the world uh, 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 is that man opposite me right now. And the fact that we are planning on doing this is something that we do out of love. And I got nothing but respect for this guy. Solid, solid, solid. I'm not big on apologizing, but I'm big on, on accountability. There's a guy who was afraid that I was going to murder him. I used to have a dog in a, in a moment of madness. I spent $2,000 on a dog years ago. Uh, this guy, Bill Sheriff, who most assuredly is dead now, convinced me. He tried to... Uh, let, me, let me just read his digest version. A, a, veterinary, uh, a vet had died. A veterinary sciences guy, a vet, not the soldier vet, had died. And he had this great dog that was super well-trained, a Rottweiler. The dog was young, 18 months old. Big, you know, 160 per 70 pounds. He said, I'll tell you what, I'll sell you this dog. I, I don't want to go into circumstances, but I end up buying this dog. But you realize if when I realized with my other dogs that I raised from puppies, you could leave the gate open and that dog is not going anywhere because it knows you. This It's his house. So I have this roommate who's got a weight problem. I'm not fat shaming him. I'm just telling you where his focus was. Apparently bringing in the groceries, left the gate open, and the dog who had already experienced another home decided to seek out another home and left. So I say, hey, man, my dog is gone. Now he's afraid that I'm going to done him for $2,000. I'm not going to done him for $2,000. I want some accountability. I want the guy to look me in the face and go, I fucking left the gate open. So when I was bringing in groceries, I'm sorry. That's it. That's it. His girlfriend in a drunken state tells my girlfriend at the time that that's what they did. But I still need things to be okay for between the dudes. Won't. He's got a dog. I'm not an animal. I didn't do anything bad to his dog. However, he had a pit bull and I had two pit bulls and my dogs fed on my energy and they knew I hated this dog, hated the dog. And one day a fight ensued. I know it ensued because I was there watching it. We were throwing the ball and I had a dog who was like, had the kind of Aspergery about the ball and his dog went for the ball and my dog attacked and my other dog attacked. They both attacked his dog. Now, under normal circumstances, I would intervene. How many people were intervening when Fatso was bringing in his groceries? So I sat there. And, and, and I let this go on. 
He gets home from work that day and finds his dog laying in front of his door with throat torn open and belly largely torn open. Rushes the dog to the vet. Has to spend close to $1,800 to stitch the dog up. He moved out soon thereafter. All you want is accountability. That's it. Moreno did that. Took accountability, said, I, I, whatever happened, I was a prick before. I'm not doing that now. Good. That's a man. That next fight should be great. I'd like to see Kai Kara France there. I'm gambling on something else. On Care Don't Care, a claim was made that Kai Kara France was the kind of guy who's like, I'm executive gatekeeper. I guess I'll be an executive gatekeeper. You know, put in the same place with uh, Bobby Knuckles and some other cats who can't quite, quite get back to the mountaintop, but are just there. I don't think so. I think he's got the educability uh, 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 factor going. I think he will learn. I think he will learn and he will uh, uh, get and uh, keep in mind, staying with that low number. Who knows what will happen? Who knows what will happen? He was close. I mean, without that liver kick. Yeah. If. Yeah. And if my mother had a penis, she'd be my father. If. So that's so we're out. So, uh, um, and let's see who else. I was disgusted with Blood Diamond as well as Maze. I tweeted early on the fight because I watched every single fight. What is it with these guys who have the other guy in position to put him away in the second round and don't and get smoked the third round? Where the other guy goes like, "Oh, I got to put him away to win this," and they do. There's some talk about Drew Do a, re- a re- revived, revivified uh, 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 Drew Dober. Um, again, him against so that was fine. That was. That was solid. That was solid. There was Ehor who said he was going to liquidate the Romanian. I trained with the Romanian guy. He no longer trains with us, but he, these guy's not tough, man. Nobody's going back to the sausage factory. Nobody from Eastern Europe wants to do that. And let me tell you something. If you make shit money, I know this from experience. If you make shit money in America, you are rich in Poland. So don't think that, you know, this guy, how come there's no more exercise? Whatever he got as that fight makes him a rich man in Romania. Derek Lewis, you know, look, we've talked about that before, the hometown thing. You're worried about your grade school teacher, your mother, your father, your sisters, your brothers, your cousin, making sure everybody has a seat. But he's like, nah, I got to break this curse. I got to go. Who does he get? Mergliata. Now, listen, there's a, there's a cycle to Mergliata. He had an early stoppage years ago, got so roasted for this thing that after that, if you saw that Mergliata was your ref, you were just like, I'm going to die in there if I get in trouble. He's not stopping shit. And he relaxed. Did you see him as he goes into some of the earlier fights? He's smiling. He's grinning. He's laughing. He's high-fiving. He's joking. Bad sign. Steph said, I don't care, don't care. Well, maybe if Lewis could stop face planting, you know, when he gets hit, whatever. Who is the guy, uh, uh, Keith, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, the short guy looks like uh, Barney Rubble. Uh, that guy, I, I like I like his, I feel he's paying attention. Not Sean Shelby, also known as Keith. The other guy, the guy who was some fighter was giving him a hard time and he made some, Keith Peterson, thank you. And uh, he's paying attention. He's paying attention. Let's do that. He will let he understands it's a fight game. You're gaming. Look, 
I'm gonna let you take it. And t- I'm looking at your eye. I'm paying attention. Herb Dean sometimes. Yeah, I like Herb Dean. Sexier, sophisticated Herb Dean. But I don't know always that he's paying attention. I mean, it might go a little long. He's like, you know, thinking about who knows. Keith Peterson, I think, is right on that line, paying attention. But this Mergliata thing, God forbid, you should he should be reffing your next fight. I predict cyclically he's back on the if he dies, die. But it was too early. The thing is, Lewis at the age of 38 or 39 or wherever he is now has become a fan favorite in the institution. He the shoey guy beat him, this Russian cat beat him. Those guys can fight each other. Lewis is still in the conversation. But he's at the he he's still in the conversation toward the end of that conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, oh yeah, man. Maze. That guy. Never want to see that guy again. So let me, let me, let me, what were the, there were all the noteworthy things were on the, on the card. What's happening here? Um, okay. We've got a birthday party. Um, um, uh, um, 20 minutes. Um, and okay. Uh, uh, okay. So, uh, sorry, I got so Pantoja, Pantoja. Oh my God, Pantoja. I don't, you know, th- that that's and I had forgotten about him midway through doing care, don't care. And when we're talking about the division he's in, and, and Steph kind of brought it up, I was like, Pantoja. I was like, oh my God, that's you know that. Look, in writing these memoirs, I'm talking about I'm talking about a moment in my life, very specifically, where I decided to change my approach and orientation to everything. I must have been about 15, and you know, you grow up in this, you know, with your with your parents driving you, you know, driving you to do this, driving you, you know, to directing your actions and activities. You have to be pushed. And when I was 15, I had I'd come to a conclusion. And that conclusion was, I don't want to be pushed. I don't like that feeling. It, it, it feels to me, it feels to me uh, uh, fear-fueled. Right? Fear-fueled. So um, I, I, don't, I don't want to be at the end of your fucking stick. I remember this. I'm writing this in the memoir right now. And I decided I got, I got to change this conversation right now. I, I don't want to be, have to say, well, my mother says, did you do your homework? I don't want to have to say, well, I'm going to get to, no, 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 no. And I dug down deep, so deep that people got scared. Putting in 18 hour days in high school, busted my ass, were having trouble with geometry, went and got a tutor in the math department myself. We used to do things on the scale of 100. You know, you have 100 average. We didn't do that, whatever they do, the other thing, you know, the other great, great thing. I don't know. At one point, at one point, my mother got kind of creeped out and nervous. She's like, it's kind of Friday. You want you going to go to movies with friends? I got too, I got too much work. Too much work. Well, you know, there's a midway. There's no fucking midway. 
There is no midway. You dig down and you dig down deep and that's all. That's all. People want to holler at me about getting ahead. They're way behind. Pantosia seems to have embraced that same message. Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. I don't want, I'm not going to hear anything. I'm not going to, I'm not involved in the judges. Uh, Sal D'Amato could kiss my ass. I'm not playing any games. I'm not, he didn't do an Imanari role when, in the, like a Paul Craig when everybody was dry right at the beginning. He didn't do any of that shit. No, he did not. He did not. He punched that guy and he's, I'm a, you, it's like there's a cat. Oh, the Dutch guy. Remco, I think his name was, Pardell, who came out and was just like, my entire body is a weapon. Like an octopus, I'm going to be kicking, I'm each leg that's not, I'm standing on will be used to be kicking and punching simultaneously. It was a melee attack. Of course, Pardo ended up, (laughs) you can't fight like that for a long time. But uh, Pantoja, oh my God. Because he's done the calculation. Who knows? I could be injured tomorrow. I'm taking this shit out of somebody's ass today, today. And that's the kind of, that's the, you know, and and what's scary about that kind of fighting is he's not doing it for us. I mean, it was clear. I wasn't doing, at that point, I wasn't trying to get good grades for my parents. It was a world orientation. Like, like uh, Aoki, when he started flipping off the entire Tokyo Dome, fuck you, fuck you, Fuck you, fuck you. It's a war against the world. And that's a guy, you know, like him. He doesn't care whether you like him, in actual fact, which makes me just like him even more. So I keep reading these stories. I did a lot of reading on tour, and I kept reading these stories, you know, about, I mean, for some reason, I fell into this bullying hole. I'm reading about only the bullies and people and the... Uh, I guess on the occasion of that Hunter Moore thing, uh, is anyone is anyone up? And then people were like, look, none of us have the ability to see the future. None of us. However, if I mention a woman to you, you probably have an image in your head that involves secondary sexual characteristics. Ass, vagina, titties. Now, there's a difference between some sets of titties and other sets of titties, but unless you have skin in that game, they're just titties. All these people in the special butthole girl being specific was like, I, yeah, I, you know, whatever, I, I, I was exploited. Okay, I got you. You know, and if your shit was hacked and put up there, you didn't deserve to have your stuff put up there. Anybody breaks into my house, they, you know, but uh, I mean, realistically speaking, that was a, a, a four-part series about private parts. Well, then it became a four-part series about thievery, and that was much more interesting to me. But in the end, so, you know, so, yeah, yeah. And and I was just about to tie off. I was just about to tie off on that because I got my list here with uh, Magomed. Look, make no mistake. Here's a guy in Anthony Smith who's embraced executive level gatekeeping, but there are levels to this shit. Right, there are levels to this shit as well. Right, levels, which means that if you're an executive level gatekeeper and you're looking at guys up on the ladder, 
There are guys lower on the ladder looking up at you, thinking that's not a bad place to be. Anthony Smith, I think, is a really uh, 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 talented commentator. I think he should do more of that. The Abraham Strauss, the Anthony Smith, the AS, the always something. And he, but he was a man about. It. We've seen a couple of stoppages because of injuries. Ortega, and then the one last week that didn't taste good with uh, um, uh, uh, Curtis Blades and uh, Aspinall. He said in his corner before that, because I think I broke my ankle. And he came out and said, I'm going to try to make some lemonade with these lemons. This is turned to a grapple fest, a la Francis Ngannou. These are guys who deserve a certain amount of praise. Just like those spies who fight through torture. You know, I tell you, I'm, I'm tied to a chair and a guy lays out some tools. So what do you want to know? I'm Clint Eastwood in, in the good, the bad, and the ugly. He goes, you're not going to torture me? He goes, I can see that you're too smart to know that's going to help. Let's go to another movie, Reservoir Dogs. Now, I'm not going to torture you because I want an answer. That's been noted to be unreliable. People under torture will say anything. I'm just tortured because I like to torture people. That's a different story. Or that Israeli movie, Big Bad Wolves, which has my one of my favorite all-time life lesson lines ever. Because crazy people are not afraid of guns. Crazy people know enough to be afraid of crazy people. So, you know, Anthony Smith, whatever, man, make the transition, be the change, get out of there. I mean, whatever happened to your leg and the rehab period that you're going to have to go through to get better and the fact that you are a good commentator means that the road opens up wide in that direction and narrows in the other direction. So stop it. There's a point at which in diminishing returns, what you were able to give us makes us less happy versus more. Keep in mind, you can't please us. There are not enough newbies to keep to keep the sports uh, 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 soluble. So just do it for yourself. The, the growth delta, like I said in the last show, the growth delta is not changing. We're not picking up new fans for this. It's niche. It's niche now. It's going to be niche. The guys at Endeavor are excited about professional bull riding. What are you killing yourself for? Your bosses want you to deliver a five, deliver a five, take your balls and go home. You know, a, a, in regards to a uh, 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 cat who beat him, uh, uh, Magomed, I, I like that guy. I like that guy. I like that guy specifically, you know, and I, I, the, some of these cats, the Armenian fighters who I know from having done color, color commentary at some fights in Russia, the Dagestani fighters, Chechen fight, well, you know, these cats, you know what I'm talking about. I like them because they are absent personality, which is unkind, mm, which is unkind. But what I mean is, they're not doing the monkey show. Hamzat uh, uh, Chimeyev is is like rare, right? People finally kind of got into Khabib's vibe and kind of figured it out. And within whatever parameters he was comfortable with, did a little bit of the monkey show. But of course, he was driven by passions. 
So you knew there was going to be something with the throwing the thing and then, the, you know, the thing against uh, uh, McGregor. Talking to him the whole fight. Hey, why come you're not talking now? That kind of stuff. But it's like when Rich Franklin got his ass handed to him by Anderson Silva and the bald one had to put the belt on, uh, on Anderson Silva. He looked like he wanted to die. Why? Because Anderson Silva might have made made hay with the and eventually he warmed up to him, but would have made hay with the monkey show, but he didn't speak English. Certain cats who never, never. I mean, have you watched you watch uh, Khabib's cousin or brother or whoever this cat is? Personality is a deal. You know how I know? You know how I know personality is a deal? <laughs> Personality is a deal because Sam Alvey is fighting next week and he's lost the last eight fights he's had, six or eight fights. Yeah, Usman, yeah. He's lost six to eight fights. How is Sam Alvey still fighting? Because he smiles? You know what they say in Pulp Fiction to round out the Troika film mentions? Personality goes a long way. I guess, I guess it must. So last night, if we want to rank this by, by drugs, this was a good one. This was a good one. Because I was gripping straight through the end of Nunes and Pena. And, you know, when, of course, he delivered those scores, 50-45, I could just, I could feel the serotonin. The receptor says, It delivered. Mm-hmm. Like John Travolta in Pulp Fiction after he shoots up the heroin, it delivered. I didn't see the Baldwin there. I mean, he may have been there, but I wasn't paying attention. I watched and listened to this entire fight from the beginning to the end. So we know they're capable of doing this every now and then. The $79 fee, then let's be honest, it's $80. Yeah. It's $80. That that was not painful because I know we all paid for it, right? But however, however, I look at it like this. Any boss I've had, and I've been close to some of them, Andy Grove from Intel, Steve Jobs from Apple, that they their fundamental shtick is like, look, I built a house. And it's a big house. And in that house, if you're so invited, you could come in and you could change your fucking life. You could buy houses as a result of living in this house. You could buy cars. You could pay for your kid's college. You could change the entire flow of the river that is your life. Yeah. Don't come into this house and complain about stuff because you're wasting time. If I had complained about stuff, there would be no house for you to be in right now to complain. Shut your fucking mouth. Get out there and make some money. Who do I mean? Sorry, I'm looking at a Sean O'Malley. Who's out of his mind. How much money he's made versus how much time he's had to put into the cage is grossly disproportionate. And that's the right way to do it. Like Steve Albini once said, "You want, the house does always win." Steve Albini once said, "You want to make money in the music industry? Ask a bunch of ask for a bunch of money, get the money, 
and wait. Six months later, they'll say, where's the record? You'll say, I need more money. They will give you more money and wait. They call you back again. They say, hey, when are you delivering this record? I said, I'll be delivering it soon, but first I need more money. And they will get you more money. And you repeat that until they stop giving you money. And that is the only way to make money in the music business. But once you start recording, you start complaining. Don't get in that. I, I know this sounds like sympathy for the bald one. Sorry about that. But the reality of it is, once you once you get into the, the thieves' den, you realize this guy's created cover for me to steal. I'd be a fool if I did anything else. Sam's Alvey is is, is Sam Alvey's not a bum. Sam Alvey's smart. Sean O'Malley is not is not an underperforming coward. He's a pretty bright guy. <laughs> like I used to say, if you get paid to mop and you do no mopping, you're a rich man. <laughs> no show jobs. Rich man. So I, I have to say, sitting here on Sunday about to go to my kid's birthday party, I'm feeling pretty good. I got the Substack done. I got 60 pages to write on the memoir to deliver by Friday when I also have my stand-up comedy thing. So I'm going to bust my ass and get that done this week. I won't be sleeping a lot. I have to tell you the fight next Saturday, like 14 fights on the card. I think I have two cares. So that lets you know how you're going to, how you should be spending your Saturday. You could text me, tweet me, DM me if you want, if there's anything to watch before those last two fights, but I doubt it. I really doubt it. Gonna be changed between now and then, and it, and it, this is purposeful, right? Give him shit, give him shit, give him shit. When it comes time for the hot stuff, you don't blink twice about paying the eighty dollars for it, because it's like finally, man, I've been eating shit. I, you know, I, yeah, I'd pay a little bit more for the for the prime cut. <laughs> yeah, okay. Anyway, this is version a two, a two, a three of the Eugene S. Robinson Show Stomper. I am your host, Eugene S. Robinson. I got to go to a birthday party for the kid. Try to live between now and next week. Read that sub stack. Do not die. I don't want to scream because she could just be falling. She could just be falling asleep right now. So I will say in the best whisper voice possible without ruining my voice. Look what you made me do. That's brand discipline. Discipline.